Welcome to Elevated Life, Wisdom That Transforms podcast with your host, Cheryl Roseborough, visionary with self-esteem elevated. Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Roseborough, and welcome back to Elevated Life, Wisdom That Transforms podcast. I am looking forward to the next several weeks with you as I share from one of my favorite subjects, transformational leadership. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that as we talk through each episode, I will be incorporating the four phases of the elevated life that I talked about on the first podcast. And those four phases are revelation, preparation, destination, and elevation. See, with revelation, this is the beginning phase of your transformation process. This is where you take a healthy internal perspective of who you really are. You look at the good, the bad, and the ugly that you live with on a daily basis. And you begin to accept who you are for who you are, but you know what needs to be changed so that you can walk in healing and wholeness. Remember the deliver me from me statement that I shared with you? Well, this is where I had to do a character assessment of what was revealed and I had to be comfortable and at peace with who God was showing me so that I could begin to walk into the beauty of who God has created me to be despite my flaws. Then you move into the preparation phase. This is where you take ownership with you and the issues that may be blocking you from living in your full potential. This is that onion layer peeling back process. You get to deal with the parts of you that you don't like, the parts that make you cry, the strong things in life that are meant to wipe you out, the negative you feed yourself all of the time. But remember, it's temporary, just like what transpires when you cut an onion. It wouldn't or should not have a long-term effect. If it does, then something's wrong. (laughs) What the preparation phase does, it gets to the heart, the mind, and the body, and it starts to heal from the inside out. It is where you being built by faith to walk in wholeness and live in who God has uniquely created you to be. Then there is that destination phase. This is the phase that requires movement. You see, any desired destination that you aspire to achieve God will provide the blueprint on how to get there if you allow him to lead and guide. This is that GPS system of walking into wholeness. And then finally, when you reach that elevated phase, you are encouraged to walk completely bold with confidence in who God rightly ordained you to be. And you have the necessary tools that's going to help you from each phase to get there. Now, these phases are different for everybody. Some of you may walk this out in weeks, some in months, and some years. Remember, I am not going to be sharing with you these exact words, but as you listen to the podcast, you can see how we start with the revelation phase and you arrive at the elevated phase. Now, back to what it means to live and walk in transformational leadership. I know there are all kinds of resources out there available on transformational leadership. See, James McGregor Burns coined this phrase in his 1978 book called Leadership. And he shares that leaders and their followers raise one another to higher levels of moral and motivation. Plain and simple, there's a vision and there's resources, and then there are values that help make these things achievable. The angle that I will be coming from today is the one that focuses on growth and self-development, which was gravely important for me. Any true transformational leader has the ability to help you commit to your yes, take you to your next level, and get focused so that you finish strong what you have started. They are at the forefront of what is going on in and around you and themselves. Let me pause here and say this. Anyone can become a transformational leader. There is a misperception that I've heard over the years that says only CEOs can be one that's a transformational leader. 
that's not entirely true. If you're someone that focuses on improvement of self and others around you, quite possibly you are a transformational leader. This type of leader encourages and inspires others to be the best version of themselves. That in turn becomes the catalyst for how one functions and operates in their professional, spiritual, and personal life. When you walk in true leadership, you motivate others and empower others to walk in integrity to fulfill a purpose. Although Burns coined the phrase, we have had great examples of this type of leader over the centuries. You know, the ones not afraid of accountability and change. Let's just start with some people many of us know. Some powerful transformational leaders that date back to scripture include Abraham, Moses, and King Solomon. And we know none of these individuals were perfect, but we do see their impact. We can include the major prophets and the minor prophets who spoke truth that was meant to help the community and move them forward with wisdom. My list of some not in the Bible include Queen Elizabeth, Harriet Tubman, Ross Perot with EDS Systems, and even corporations like Nike that remain at the forefront of transformation and change. We definitely can't forget the Apostle Paul, who was instrumental in leading us into the development of the Christian faith. Nor can we forget Martin Luther King Jr., the civil rights leader who was at the helm of eliminating racism in America. Last but certainly not least, we can't forget the most beautiful example of transformational leader that leads many of us today, and that is Jesus Christ. His leadership transformed a generation of people, and his message of hope and inspiration is still prevalent today. You might be asking, but how does a transformational leader know they have purpose? First, there is the call. 1 Corinthians 7.17 says, Nevertheless, Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is that nudging and sensing that something is on the horizon that will change your life forever. This is your yes moment. It is your moment of commitment. What I have learned and will stand true to is God has a plan for every single person on planet Earth. It is up to us individually to accept that call. Others will help develop it. Second, the vision. And it is written down. Habakkuk 2 and 2 says that we all know so well, write the vision and make it plain so that we may run with it. This vision has to be simple, clear, and forthright. When that moment of inspiration hits you, you write it down and then you map it out what is needed to get to that next level. You become driven to reach the goal. For the past 11 years, I've been hosting vision board events. What I have learned that when people know and have a strategy to get there, they will make it happen. It's about manifesting your dreams, speaking things into existence, what you want. And if it lines up with God's plan, be certain it will happen. Third, the gifts and talents are put in action to make these things happen. Proverbs 18.16 says, A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. We all have some form of gift and talent that the universe has a place for. Your vision is clear and your focus and purpose to reach your destination with these gifts and talents. This is that focused moment. No clear thought out vision is going to be easy. Nothing in life is. It takes thought and heart to do this and to do it well. Are you feeling a little overwhelmed by all of this? Well, don't be because this doesn't happen overnight. Want to know if you are a true transformational leader? Well, let's talk about how transformational leaders lead. First, Transformational leaders are always looking for opportunities to grow, not just for themselves, but for others. 
One main trait is that they learn to serve before they lead. For many of you, that means taking classes, courses, workshops, or attending conferences, summits, even retreats to get away and relax and make sure that one is leading and leading well. They allow others to coach and to guide them. A mentor is so important so they have the ability to become one in due season. Matthew 20, 26 says, whoever wants to be a leader among you, he must first serve. In the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 21, we see that Abraham was a great example of this. Abraham grew into his faith, leadership, and having a servant's heart to do what God had called him to do. You see, he had a call on his life. He was given a vision beyond himself that his people would be the new nation in the promised land in Beersheba. It's really pronounced in Hebrew, Beersheba which means seven or oath. When he arrived in that land, he did something that was very important, not just for him, but anyone that would come into that land. What he did with King Abimelech also created a covenant between him and God that this place will be a place to serve others for generations to come. As I read this story a little bit deeper, I noticed that the narrative that stuck out was the fact that Abraham was creating a covenant with God by providing a place where people could receive manna. You see, Abraham planted a tree and he also had a well. This tree that he planted over the years would bless people passing through the region with shade, honeydew from the leaves, and even water from the leaves. He created an environment where God would bless every stranger as they passed through the land in which God had promised his people. Abraham became a connector by nature to make sure that everyone on their journey had what they needed in order to grow. True leadership is not afraid to find opportunities for growth either, one that will not just bless them, but others around them. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. See, Abraham made sure that he used good judgment to mentor, reassure, and challenge people to become the best statement of themselves to the world. Abraham served with a sincere, pure heart. No, he was not perfect through the process, but he did serve with heart. I read a quote by Pastor Ed Stetzer, who is also one that is instrumental on transformational leadership. And the quote said this, leadership is not the accumulation of influence and power. It is the distribution of influence and service. This resonated with me so strong and I found it to be a very powerful and thought provoking statement that I believe any transformational leader should have on a wall somewhere. Second, along the way, a spirit of humility is developed. What this means is that this type of leader develops an ear to hear, a spirit to receive, and a heart to move. They walk with courage to hear and do what is right, not what they want to do. Remember, not what they want to do. James 4.7 says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I see the Apostle Paul being the great example of this one. He also, by the way, had a teachable spirit, which is another component of this humility. Before Paul's transformation, he went around prosecuting believers as Saul of Tarsus. He was not humble and did not grant grace to many. However, after his Damascus experience, he was appointed to his position and transformation took place immediately. He developed a sincere, pure heart and learned to love even the unlovely, which could include himself. His transformation allowed him to see himself through God's eyes and others turned around to follow Christ based on his conversion. 1 Corinthians 15.9 says, For I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meant to be called an apostle, because I 
persecuted the church. Paul knew he was wrong, but God changed his heart and allowed him to be an atmosphere changer. He truly over time became humble with the teachable spirit. And notice I said spirit. What I mean by that is that they are in tune to know how to move by the spirit. Your pride dies here. Paul in his letter in the New Testament spoke about this a number of times in 2 Corinthians 1 and 12, James 4 and 10, and Galatians 6, 14. See, transformational leaders do not seek opportunities to self-promote. They're open to hear what you have to say that is constructive to the development of who they are. They are tuned in to listen to what is shared with the spirit of discernment. So they seek ways to define and correct. As hard as it is, they get submission. And when they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are walking in their God-given direction, they listen and obey. Also with humility comes accountability to God, themselves, and others. Transformation can be somewhat impossible when you have strong-willed, independent individuals used to doing their own ways and not open to allowing anyone to give them instruction or guidance, and not even God. This is a very unhealthy place to be. You have no peace and can't decide why. I encourage anyone to check your flesh and make sure you are humble and teachable. Proverbs 16, 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. I will admit that humility isn't so hard, but being teachable from people that didn't value my worth was very hard. People have learned over time what to say to get me to listen. If you aren't in tune with the language of your leader or your team, you will not have good results. That is a path that over time I have learned to make sure that I stay away from. Third, they have a passion for people and change. Isaiah one seventeen says, learn to do right, seek justice, and defend the oppressed. Here, Nike is a phenomenal example of this. We have seen over the years how they have transformed. They are not afraid to step up and share their voice on issues that are important to the community as a whole. In an article in Forbes magazine dated back to 2018, Accenture did research that confirms consumers don't fall for insincere attempts to pull at heartstrings. They, however, reward authenticity, strong leadership, and outspokenness. Nike, while they have their challenges, are not afraid to take risks and use their voice for issues that are important. It is shown in their actions that Nike has a passion as a corporation and have consistently created opportunities that will make one think and want to change. They have a platform and they make sure they use it responsibly. As a matter of fact, they have committed $40 million to social justice issues. They are living and showing the world that they are committed to their tagline, just do it. I'm reminded of a scripture that I have lived with for so many years as an entrepreneur. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and all your plans will succeed. Number four, they are strategic. Proverbs 24.6 says that strategic thinking is the key to warfare to when you need a lot of good counsel. As a strategic thinker and doer, it is vital that everyone on board sees the outside limitations of themselves by setting goals. There is a healthy environment created so that each person thinks past themselves to see productivity for all involved. Moses is one of the best examples of this type of leader. In the book of Exodus, we see how Moses, one person, was doing the job of many for the Israelites. In chapter 18, his father-in-law Jethro came to visit, brought his whole entire family with him, 
and he noticed what all Moses was doing from sun up to sundown. He sat him down and advised him on how to move from being a leader of one to structurally teaching there to be leaders among many. His father-in-law saw that he was about to hit major burnout. The people of Israel were coming to him all day long to be the judge and jury of their circumstances and situation. That is way too much for one person. In verse 18, he told him, you cannot do this alone, which means he had to humble himself. In verse 22, and the leaders will bear the burden for you. This meant he had to accept he needed help. How life-changing were those words for Moses? I could literally see him breathing a breath of fresh air. Now the strategy could be put in place to build an organization. When Moses realized he could not do it all was the clearest moment of when he became a transformational leader. You see, Moses still had to be prayerful. He was mindful and strategic about who he would put in place. So he had to set these clear parameters. When the right people are put in place, it helps the leader to keep moving strategically and to do what they do best. This clear strategy was beneficial to Joshua, who was one of his apprentices, because Moses had properly trained him to do what is right and to listen to the voice of God. In Joshua chapter 6, we see a good example of this. God had given Joshua a strategy from heaven to face his enemy in the land that God had promised them. And he had to be creative in defeating them. And Joshua 6.27, it is spelled out clearly. The Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. But he couldn't have done it without a strategy. And please know if God was faithful to do it for Joshua, for Moses, for Abraham, just imagine what he will do for us today and what he will do for specifically you today. Number five, transformational leaders. Lead with the spirit of excellence. Second Peter 1 5 says, Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. Now, you're probably thinking, who would be her example for this one? Do you have a thought? Well, Jesus is by far the best example of this. He led with the spirit of excellence, and his spirit of excellence carried a heart of discernment. This leader just gets it and understands it is part of the flow of life. When one operates with the spirit of excellence, things get done. And not just done, not in complacency, but in decency and in order. Because you learn to have a spirit of discernment that is intuitively knowing when something is off, when something needs to change, and when the season has shifted. Jesus consistently did things very well. I have for years have had to check to make sure that whatever I am doing, if it's a good idea or it's a God idea, God ideas means that it will be far greater than you or anyone else expected. Please know that if it's a God idea, it will be done with the spirit of excellence. Jesus's spirit of excellence encouraged everyone around him. He moved with integrity, justice, and fairness for the good of all. His character was prevalent and his heart was for the oppressed, the downtrodden, and the broken. And we saw him do so many miracles for those very people that he knew needed his help. He had great compassion for even those that were used to their legalistic ways of thinking. He had to move himself out of the way so that God's plan would prevail. We have the benefit of his spirit of excellence with us today. 
Jesus was a servant and had a servant's heart. He was humble, and one of his greatest traits was that he was obedient to the Holy Spirit. He submitted. You're probably saying, here goes that word again, submission. Yes, it is. And yes, submission is the key to growth, humility, and character establishment. Moving with God's direction will always deliver excellence in God's way and not in your way. You see, after Jesus' resurrection, he spent 40 days preparing the disciples for the task that they would take on upon his departure. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he left his disciples equipped to continue the work that God had started in him. Now, generations later, we are all living with his type of leadership gift. One, I welcome the opportunity to show me how to walk in a spirit of excellence. You're probably thinking, well, things sure have changed the last four months for any type of leader. As we are sitting here in the middle of this pandemic, COVID-19, it is teaching every single leader what transformational leadership looks like and how we all need to adjust and shift and lead different in these uncertain times. The entire world is still on pause. And trust and believe we all have time to have an ear to hear, a spirit to receive, and a heart to move. So I ask you this question. Could you be the next generational kingdom influencer? Could God be looking at you to be a transformational leader? Could God be preparing you? The key questions here are, are you listening? Are you receptive to receive it? And are you willing to walk in it? There's a post that I shared on my Instagram personal page that I found on the internet somewhere. And it says, when I is replaced with we, even illness becomes wellness. Let us as true leaders change our eyes to we's and begin to see the beauty of what our sphere of influence can become because we did it together. That's it for today. I invite you to come back next week and let's talk about authenticity and trust when it comes to transformational leadership. Let's talk about what allows words, values, and actions to show up that is authentic and sparks trust. In the meantime, if you have questions, comments, or just want to share some insight, please feel free to send an email to elevated at selfesteemelevated.org. As you take to heart this episode, I want you to live by my motto, do you and do you well. Bye for now. Thanks for joining Elevated Life, wisdom that transforms. Don't forget to check out our website at selfesteemelevated.org and follow us on social media at Self Esteem Elevated. Until next time, be blessed.